Welcome to Season 2 from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter. Joining me today is Patricia Harrison, the Chair of Friends of Winkley Square, and Susan Douglas. We're going to be talking about the Christmas events that are happening around Winkley Square in Preston, and also a little bit more about the talk that Susan will be doing on the 8th of December. But first, welcome both to the podcast. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. Great. So, Pat, if we start with you, why don't you explain what this organisation is and how it came about? Well, I probably think most of your listeners will have heard of Friends of Winkley Square by now. Uh, We started in late 2015 in terms of the concept, and it was 2016 at the beginning where I started to recruit members. And we started with um, local residents there were quite a lot of residents around Winkley Square. And we talk about the Winkley Square quarter, not just the immediate square itself. So it includes Ribblesdale Place and further beyond than that. Um, And then we promoted it in terms of the newspapers and blog Preston. And then I met Susan, um, which changed my life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we, We were running, we decided to run five, uh, sessions on historical research basically and we worked with UCLan and Susan came to one of those and we just happened to sit on the same table and at that point Susan was researching um, a woman who lived on the square called Henrietta Miller and I sat and listened to Henrietta's story and Susan gave talks at that point and I asked Susan to join the Friends of Winkley Square um, and now that's history. I mean, Susan's one of our most active volunteers. We're all volunteers. We run events, but we also do talks um, to various groups, women institutes, Rotary, all sorts of groups, friendship groups um, in and around Preston. And there are a few of us that do that. And we're now getting requests from far beyond Preston, including Liverpool. So um, word of mouth. Yeah. Reach as far afield in Lancashire. So Susan's one of our um, tour guides, speakers, chef at events. And <laughs> she, has, she doesn't know this yet, but she has a um, an apron, this Christmas concert, which she will be recognised everybody as being the main chef. Um, <laughs> That's quite a compliment. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> and so what what would you say is the aim of um friends of winkley square what's kind of the driving force behind why you do what you do well the, the driving force i think from everybody all our volunteers is that they love winkley square and at some point in their lives they've either lived here worked here been to school here or just met boyfriends on winkley square which is was my first involvement when i'm 17. um but our aim is to, our, I won't tell you any more about that because Susan's laughing. Um, <laughs> our aim is to run events on this beautiful hidden gem in the middle of the city um, to bring pleasure to everybody who comes. All our large events, we, you're going to talk about the Christmas concert, are always free of charge because our mantra is 
no one will be excluded because they can't afford to pay. Um, and that's what we apply to all our large events. So if people see a Winkley Square event where you've got to pay a tenner for entrance, uh, it's not us. Mm -hmm. But it's really for people to enjoy Winkley Square, but it has a fabulous history. It's got such a fabulous history. Um, the first square was built in 1799 and our guided walks bring the lives of those people who walked this square many, many years before us alive to them. And we've done, we do all sorts of events. We do maybe I think nine guide, different guided walks now and they're all based on the research of the tour guides that do them. Yeah. Um, and we have thousands every year, thousands of people. It's such a beautiful part of Preston, isn't it? And sort of the architecture as well. And I can imagine the deep history that is there. Um, do maybe Susan or Pat, do one of you maybe want to talk a little bit about the, the history of the square for maybe listeners who actually have never been, let's say? Well, I think it's it's um, so interesting because it developed over a number of years. Although originally the plan was that it would that the houses would look very much the same. In fact, over the years, things change, things develop. And so the architecture is very different. Um, and you can walk around the square uh, and you can actually see which houses were first and then how things moved on. And um, I mean, my interest was sparked originally um, because I went to school in Winkley Square and um, the house that I was, that was the school had been a family house. And um, even as an 11 year old, I, I was aware of, of it having been a family house because there was some evidence there. There were pets, much loved pets graves in the, in, in the garden still. At the, at the very end of our playground and um, things like um, bars on one of the windows, which had been the nursery. And as an 11 year old coming into this amazing house um, and not being from a, a family that could afford anything like that, um, it was just fascinating. And it has fascinated me ever since. And that's really what started my research and whenever you walk into the square it's peaceful it's a very calm place I think I mean apart from the traffic which is a shame um you, you know the fact that there are cars there now but um it's certainly in the gardens it's just that oasis um people go there in the middle of the day have their lunch there and so on walk around it's just beautiful yeah and and Pat what would you say you love most about it uh, living here, <laughs> we live on the square and we've moved, well, for maybe 30 years, we lived in a rural location. And so when we decided to move back to Preston, because my husband and I both come from Preston, um, we decided that we wanted to live in the town centre, um, thinking of the future, basically, um, in terms of accessibility of all the services and transport. We're five minutes from the railway station, 15 minutes, 10 minutes from the bus station and near the high street in six, one minute. Um, so living here is wonderful. Uh, 
living in a house that was built in 1852, one of the Georgian houses um, in terms of design on the square is wonderful. And what I have, I, it took me probably about three months to get used to living in an urban area again. I mean, we started our married life in an urban area, but um, not being well, actually we are woken up by um, birds from the square, but um, not to the same extent as we once were. So it, it's lovely living here. I've met lots of friends who have become friends of the square, um, an amazing number of friends, which in previous houses where we've lived, I've never had as many. So that is wonderful about it too. Um, and I, I, lo I love being involved in all the voluntary activities and just literally get the feedback is always wonderful, not just the events, but the guided walks, everything that we do. Um, for, for your listeners, this, the house Susan was talking about is five Winkley Square, the Miller House. And she wouldn't tell you, but during the summer, she did a trilogy of talks about that house called A House Through Time. And she researched the house from the very beginning to today. And it had to be three talks because there was so much to tell. And it was held at the Methodist church and it was absolutely full to overflowing. We sold out very, very quickly. And the people who attended the first one actually wanted to buy tickets at the end of the first one to make sure they got a place on the second and third. And at the end of the last talk, so we've got 150 people leaving, people coming over to me and saying, not what is the next talk about? It didn't matter. When is Susan's next talk? That's what we wanted to know. And it wouldn't have mattered what it was because she's such a brilliant speaker. Um, and it was at that point, at the end of a house through time, five Winkley Square, that we decided, well, I asked, I didn't decide, I asked Susan, would she be willing to do something for Christmas? And that, that's how our Christmas talk, which Susan's going to talk about, um, that, that's where the idea came, just a, a quick question over a coffee while talking about the house through time. Yeah, and this talk that you're doing about Christmas is a Victorian yeah. Christmas talk. Um, as I said, it's on the 8th of December. Tell me a little bit more about that, Susan, kind of the research you put into that and, and what maybe a little bit of a teaser of what people can expect. Well, um, the way I approached it, actually, um, I use uh, newspaper archives an awful lot uh, because they're an amazing source of information. And I already had an idea of um, two of the families that I would talk about. The talk is three Winkley Square Victorian Christmases. And so I already had an idea of the first family. And I, I, I can tell you quite straight in a straightforward way how I decided to use that family. I was... I was looking in uh, the newspapers for something completely unconnected with this family. And in fact, I knew nothing about them. And um, I just happened to see on the page of the newspaper, um, literally a tiny snippet in a box. And it said, um, Captain, Captain Wilson fell on the 26th of December of, of this particular year. Um, um, 
due to the something like the, the packed ice on the pavement and broke his arm and he is recovering well. And when I read it, I thought, and, and this, by the way, was in, in Winkley Square near Garden Street. And when I read it, I thought, who on earth is this man? He must be well known. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a piece in the paper about him falling. Loads of people must have fallen and broken something. But that set me off on him. And this is what I love about the research, because you have one snippet of information like that. And then you start searching. And before long, People are fam the family, the people in his family are opening up before me and I'm finding out all sorts of facts. Um, so um, he fell on the 26th of December, 1860. Then from that, I built up a story about his family's Christmas because then I knew all about his family. And what I say at the start of my talk is that... Um, there are facts which are dates and people's names, uh, and they're real. And there are events, and some of them are real, but some of them I've made them up. They're, they're part from my imagination, just to create a story of what might have happened as well as what did happen. So um, that was one. Uh, the second one um, actually... Um, a, a local historian, Keith Johnson. Keith Johnson. Keith point said to Pat, I think you ought to research the, these people. And he set us off on that. And I found out um, a, an amazing story about this very wealthy, uh, very well-known, he was a former mayor, Preston man, and he was leading a double life. And um, this double life, almost the, you can imagine leading a double life. And at some point, the two lives collide. And it happened uh, at Christmas 1865. I'm not going to tell you any more about that. Because no, no, I'm just going to stop you. <laughs> I'm not going to say any more. Because it's a fascinating story. But as I said, I take the truth. But then there are things I couldn't possibly know, so I make them up. And then the third one, I think, is the loveliest. And that concerns a servant girl. Now, Pat will tell you, I know she'll agree with me on this. Servants are notoriously difficult to research because they are transient. They don't stay in a place very long. Um, they are just nobodies. Um, that, and, and you just can't find anything about them. But I um, was looking again, I think I stumbled across something in the newspaper. This is uh, Christmas 1880, the third story. And um, I came, came across this piece and, uh, oh, actually I was looking at um, the census and I just happened to spot that some servants had been in a house for at least 10 years and more, which is very unusual. And it was a family, um, a mother and two daughters. And, um, but their name was familiar to me, their surname, it's an unusual surname. And I thought, I wonder if they're connected. And 
I'm not going to tell you anymore. <laughs> because <laughs> I was able to find out an enormous amount about uh, that the, those servants. And again, um, I just weave a story about them at that Christmas time. And how long does it kind of take you to do this? This real deep. Well, my, my husband would say hours and hours, and that that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. He'll say something to me, and I don't hear him because I'm totally engrossed, and because it's it's um addictive when you find someone, especially when you actually hit upon something which is irrefutable. You know, I have been able to trace someone and I absolutely know um, where they fit in mm -hmm. with their family. Um, it's almost like um, meeting them in a way. It's a strange feeling. You can't describe it. It's, they come to life suddenly. And uh, particularly on the early research of Five Winkley Square, when I was finding out about that family, they were a very, very wealthy family. And so they could afford to have photographs taken. And before long, I discovered that their photograph albums were held in uh, the Harris uh, Library and Art Gallery and in, the, in their archives. And so from just having names, suddenly I have photographs. I have them, their images in front of me. It's just so fascinating. Yeah, but not very common with, you know, certainly not with servants and um, and with lesser known people. Mm. And is this something you've always been interested in back when sort of like years ago, looking into maybe your family history and just always kind of wanting to know things in, in that way? I think so. My uncle, uh, who's still alive, actually, he he res he researched our family on his side and actually in the days before the internet he did very very well and from that I took it further once you could go online and so on and I am interested in that but um I don't know it's very I've got stories about the family um probably up to great great grandparents times but um there's something about building the picture of people around this square, uh, because, by the way, they there they they were neighbours quite often, so they're interlinked. You you look on um you let's say you look on um a christening certificate, and what do you see? You see a maybe a, a wealthy neighbouring family. Um, one of them is the, is a godfather. And you suddenly get this picture of life in this square. Yeah. Which is so, so interesting. So that talk, as I said, is the 8th of December. It's two till four at the Central Methodist Church, um, yeah. which honestly, that's pulled me in right away with those little teasers you've left, the cliffhangers for everyone <laughs> to come. Um, how do people get tickets to this if they, they want to listen? Well, could I just add it? It's not a two-hour talk. Susan's talk will be what? Susan, an hour? An hour. It's about an hour. Yeah. An hour, and then we give just space for questions. The reason it's two hours is because we want it to turn it into a Christmas experience, a bit more than just Susan's wonderful talk. So one of our friends of Winkley Square plays the piano and an organ, 
So he's going to greet people um, with Christmas songs. And whilst they're um, munching on their mince pie and having um, mulled wine, non-alcoholic, I might say, because it's a Methodist church or hot chocolate, um, they can watch a slideshow, which another friend of Winkley Square is putting together on Victorian Christmas. And where he can, he's going to show images of Preston around Christmas. So it's, it's a, it, that will probably be about half an hour. We're expecting 150 people. Um, we've already sold, and I haven't promoted it greatly, but I did write to all the, all the people who come on our events, go on my, Data, uh, my mailing list and so the first thing they do is get notification of what's coming up and when I did that there were 100 tickets sold out straight away and we've only got 150 wow. so I'm not surprised I'm not I don't know where it is now but they can get tickets by going on Eventbrite or they can get tickets if they live and come into Preston on a regular basis they can go into the Methodist Church on Luke Street and they're mm. selling tickets or they can contact me and I can um, sort it out. And that's yeah. Tricia at winkley.org.uk. Yeah. So this is one of the things that you're doing um, sort of around Christmas at Winkley Square. Pat, why don't you talk to me about the um, Christmas concert that's happening on the 11th of December? Well, our Christmas concert started, I think the first one was... 2016 or 17 um, and it has absolutely grown exponentially since mm -hmm. it it started with maybe 75 or 100 people because they didn't know about it um, even though we try I wasn't as good at promotion in those days that, that, as I am now um, and it has now become an annual event for people so people do follow our events they all go on event right even the free ones, because people follow us. So I've already got um, 220. People can just turn up, it's free. Um, but people actually buy tickets. Well, they don't buy them, they book tickets because they're free. Um, because I think they want to say, if we ever close one of our nine gates, they, they probably want to say, look, you've got to let me in because I've got a ticket. But everybody's welcome. Um, it, it, there are literally hundreds of people we have 36 volunteers on the day uh, we have all the actually that doesn't count the band who perform for us for free um, and the choir who perform for us for free but what we do is from our takings from our stalls we donate that to their chosen charities a hundred pound mm -hmm. each um, so the mayor will be there um, mm -hmm. always the mayor opens it and then we kick off with a ukulele band singing the well-known songs, some of them are the Christmas songs, but they get the um, audience warmed up. Um, and then that's followed by Christmas carols. Now we always used to start with the Christmas carols um, and some people wrote to me after last year and said we were really disappointed to, um, miss the Christmas carols. They hand out carol sheets and everybody sings along. So you can imagine 100, 200 people's voices resonating around Winkley Square. They probably hear us in Leyland. <laughs> um, so we put it second this time. So they follow the ukulele band. And, um, and then 
when it would be, it's probably just getting dusk. We have a group of performers who came last year called Spark, and they are uh, theatrical dancers. They, each one of them has six drums and they are covered completely in LED lights and all made up with um, very unusual makeup, striking makeup. And they start at church and it's a bit like the Pied Piper because people see them in Loom Street and then in Fishergate and then in Winkley Street. And I think they think we're gonna follow them because where are they going? Those that haven't heard about the concert. So they approach the gardens um, and they are fabulous. They come into the gardens, they dance in the center. The people create a big circle for them to dance in. Um, and that they're absolutely tremendous. And a lot of people responded last year and said they're wonderful. Other people wrote to me and said, we didn't know, we're sorry, will you be getting them back? So they're coming back and both Spark and the in-betweeners ukulele band to do two performances during the afternoon. So people who missed the first one, there's one, they finished the show basically. So it sounds like it kind of goes around Preston a little bit as like a procession. Is that is that what you... They take five hours to get ready. So can you imagine what the costumes are like? Yeah. So they arrive in the morning and I think their performance is probably half past three, um, maybe four o'clock, it's four o'clock, their performance is four o'clock, the other people have gone before, and then their second performance is five o'clock. Um, they start on the Methodist church along, along Loom Street to the end, which meets Fishergate. That then they go along Fishergate, which is probably only 50 meters, and then along Winkley Street, and then onto the square. So it's not around Preston, it's that journey, which is um, probably takes them five minutes. And what's the atmosphere like on the night? It sounds absolutely amazing. What, what, what do people kind of feel and what's the atmosphere? Well, what we, we do have a photographer there and we say to people, if you don't want your photographs taken, please let the photographer know. Nobody's ever done that. And what we are, what came strikingly to us with his photographs was people meet there, they greet there, mm -hmm. um, they meet friends and family. It's very much a family occasion. People bring their children, uh, people bring their grannies. Um, if people are bringing an elderly person and they're immobile, we ask them to tell us because we've got seats available. Um, but most people are standing. Um, we, we sell food, we sell not much, we're hot dogs. Um, Hotch peas, mince pies, we serve drinks, hot drinks, hot chocolate, tea, coffee, cold drinks for children if they want them. And we have a bar and all the food and drink stands are always full. Uh, yeah. People just come and they spend two and a half hours well wrapped up, which they will need, and maybe not this year with climate change, um, but they, they come and, and just enjoy being with friends and family and getting in the mood for Christmas, singing along. They love it. What a great thing for the community and a community feel. Um, and so that is the 11th of December. Is it three till half past five? It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so obviously you've got these events that, that run throughout the year, the guided talks and walks, um, Susan doing talks as well. 
Um, can people, best way I guess is on your website to find out what, what's happening? On Facebook, yeah. on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, we're on all the social media sites. Um, on, our, on our website, yes, we have, uh, have the event. We produce a newsletter, uh, a regular newsletter, which always has our events in. Um, so that always advertises our event. And they can always email me because my email address is out there. Yeah. And I guess if people want to get more involved in Friends of Winkley Square, are they able to sort of join as volunteers or? or yes, yes. we've had, um, well, we've got two new volunteers working on our Christmas concert. And if it doesn't kill them, then they might come back next year. Um, <laughs> but all the volunteers really love it. I mean, we work jolly hard. I mean, the setting up of five or six gazebos and tables and stands and all the food and the urns um, takes forever. Uh, PCC are incredibly supportive. This week, the Christmas tree will go up because it all takes place around the Christmas tree. Um, and later this week, or maybe next week, a hard floor will go down so that when people come, they don't have to stand on a cold surface of, of grass if let's say it was wet from the day before. So a hard floor covers the whole south part, southwest part of southwest part of Winkley Square. So it's a, a, a nice surface for people to stand and sit on too. So yeah, so I, I'm expecting three or four hundred this year. That's amazing, absolutely amazing and in Preston as well. There's so much going on for the community. It's great. So yeah, the website's www.winklysquarepreston.org. Um, well, I just want to thank you both for coming on the podcast today, chatting about thank it. You. I hope that it'll get people in the mood for Christmas and actually planning ahead to, to see what Winkley Square has at Christmas and hear that amazing talk. Thank you. Thanks very Hope much. to see you there, Lucy. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire Lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire Lass.